This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. It's Thursday, June 30th, and we're here with the summer episode number one. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Sam. Hey, how's it going? Catherine. Tommy, what's up? And Lucas. And we finally got through it, kind of. I I didn't screw it up that much, but my intro changed, and I'm all thrown off and discombobulated. But I want to start by having a quick conversation before we jump into all this exciting news. How's everybody's summer going? I I don't see you guys as much. Some of you I see every once in a while, but how's your summer been going, Sam? Uh, I guess it's been going all right. You know, I've been really enjoying my days off. Everyone here kind of knows about my work situation, but, you know, uh, I'm taking what I can, doing what I can, and having a good time when I can, so it's, it's all right. Excellent. Anybody else? Uh, Lucas? Yeah, no, I actually think my favorite part is that it, the way you leave the season at the very end of the season makes a huge impact on my summer. So, like, if we had a massive, like, meltdown on the last day of the season and shit went haywire, my summer would just be off to a horrible note, so... The fact that we had the summer end the way it, or the season end the way it did, my summer's been fantastic. Every day, just wake up, remember that we finished in Champions League, Arsenal didn't, and start your day that way. So it's been great. And you kind of get to remember it every day when you oh, wake yeah. up and look at Twitter and, and, and see Arsenal's reaction. There's nothing they can throw at us until the start of the next season. So yeah, definitely. Anybody else? Um, well, actually, Anthony and I both had birthdays less than a month ago. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, what, I got surgery a little over a week ago, but I'm still alive, so that's good. And I'm going to D.C. In a, in a week and a half, or in a little over a week, so could be worse. Very exciting. I think summer is just a time that we can kind of recharge, regroup, and go at it the next season. And, and like what Lucas was saying, that it's a good time to wake up in the mornings and, and realize, oh, and we have something to, good to look forward to. And, and similar to what you were saying, Anthony, that when you look at Twitter in the morning, especially with everything that's been going on with the club, that we're able to look ahead with joy instead of apprehension. Yeah, very much so, uh, Tommy. Yeah, the bounce off that, Catherine. Like, I, I'm actually more relaxed this summer just because how Lucas was saying. like, we, I mean, we got a little bit of miracles minor miracle here and there but you know we got fourth and you know got me excited you know and then because we had Conte I'm like okay we have to go for this so I'm like I'm more relaxed it's not like under AVB Pochettino um Harry Redknapp etc it's like oh it's gonna be Levy time or oh we're gonna get Vandervaart in like when the window closes and before the window closes in two hours you know so and it also helps that I there's no World Cup this summer I think just so I don't have to I can just kind of casually look up soccer stuff, um, whether it be MLS, Spurs, or what you know, whatnot, and then I can just focus on. Well, I was focusing on the Stanley Cup, but then other than that, like all I have to really watch or f- enjoy is Formula One. So I'm 
I'm okay with that because it's for the time being it's stress free in terms of sports. But also with you mentioning the World Cup, it is a sad state of affairs where it's going to be in Qatar in November, December, and we have nothing to be excited about in the summer because, as everyone knows, it's always been in the summer. It's been June, July-ish, and that's always a fascinating time to get into football and. And I know that in previous years, that's when, at least for supporters clubs around the United States, whether it is for Tottenham or not, that that's a time when supporters club clubs get influx of fans, whether they're new or just didn't realize. So that's a that's going to be a bummer, but something that we can look forward to for uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's. I mean, it's kind of a bummer to me that um, World Cup's not happening. I think the timing of it is um, not well, especially since I think we're going to have a lot to look forward to this season, and it's right in the middle of our season, but that's a conversation for a different time, maybe later in this podcast, maybe another podcast. Uh, but, um, yeah. It, it's not going to be fun to watch, like, with the short days in the winter. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the nice thing about the World Cup is like you can start watching whatever weird time it's starting from wherever it is in the world, and you can watch all day or watch all evening, and you have nice long sunny days to be able to just enjoy the whole sport. And you do, we just don't have that. You're gonna have these little short winter days, and it's gonna be, uh, it's just gonna be a shit show. Yeah, I, and you guys know obviously I've been trying to bite my tongue in this entire conversation because I'm like everyone knows I hate international football more than life itself. And if it were up to me, the World Cup wouldn't exist, and that would be the best. But unfortunately it does, and the fact that it's in, like the thing I'm most bummed about it, it being in the winter is if you're a Spurs fan and you don't think we're going to be in first place when that World Cup happens, you're out of mind. We're absolutely going to be in first place, that World Cup's going to happen mid-season, our guys are going to be exhausted, we're going to get weird injuries or something, or our entire squad that's out there is going to make it to the semifinals or something, while City's guys and Liverpool's guys or whoever gets a nice clean run in. And it's going to absolutely throw shit into like a chaos mode, and we're going to end up. Hey, don't don't going to end up boning us in some way or another. It's good, it'd be the most. It's the most appropriate thing to envision if you're a Spurs fan. You know that's how it's probably. Going to don't feel too bad though, because Sweden didn't qualify. I'm mad, of course, but Dion will carry the team this year, and he'll have that month long break, so he'll do him well. Yeah, and, and a lot of the top teams in the league are going to have the same issue is the only thing that we have going for us. We just have to hope, like, World Cup injuries hits us less than it does everybody else. Um, I think that's a, the best that we can hope for. But um, oh, we'll give Sam the final thought, and then we're, we should move the conversation along to some of these exciting transfers. Yeah, exactly. So just a final thought on that, you know, maybe a good reason to pull for the U.S. in the World Cup is that maybe they can – Keep England out of the knockout stages. Oh, keep Harry, fantastic. yeah. Yep. Keep Harry Kane healthy, so he can come back, come back to London, go back to Hotspur Way, just train, and then be healthy for the rest of the season. And and take his take his anger out of the next poor. And, and let's be fair, it wasn't going to come home anyways. Well, it's South Korea maybe could get knocked out early. That would be nice too. That's likely. Yeah, yeah that happened. Well, they did us a favor too in yeah. 2018. So maybe they'll. Well, regardless, I want to move this Germany. Conversation. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, but regardless, I want to move this conversation along into uh, some of these exciting transfers. So we, we went into the summer break, uh, and it didn't take long for action to begin. Um, we had that, like, uh, 
week or so period where um, you can't really uh, close on any signings until the window opens, but you're still talking. Um, and then as soon as the window opened, we were ready to move on a, a, a couple of players, and I think they were really savvy, quick moves. Uh, so the first one, Frazier Forrester. Um, now, uh, we obviously, Golini was not that great. We needed a backup uh, uh, keeper. And to get somebody who's English with uh, experience, uh, th this seems like a good move to me. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, there's several reasons why I love it. A was the fact that you mentioned he's actually very capable. He is a good goalkeeper. He knows the Premier League. And he had a couple, like, Jesus, we took one point out of six against Southampton this last year, and he was a pretty big part of that. So he was absolutely fantastic. He, he single-handedly shut down Arsenal in one of those final run-outs or run-in games for them, which ended up helping us in a big way. He is he can stand on his head and change a game. Uh, but the other thing is, like you mentioned, he's English, so that's going to be really big for our homegrown quota. And then it was on a free, so it didn't cost us anything. And then there's a little bit of a caveat where I have where I'm really excited to not play him. I know we're going to come on to Richarlison later but he's in that category as well where I'm excited to not have to play that guy. He always seems to show up against us. It's him, like, same Danny Ings, those guys that just, they have it circled on their calendar that they're playing Tottenham, and that's going to be their day to show up. So I'm really happy that he won't be there when we roll into St. Mary's or when they come up here. So it's like, it's, I'm excited for it. It's a good move, yeah. Absolutely. It's a great business. Anybody else on Fraser Forest or Sam? It just kind of becoming closed doors. I've always been a fan of him since um, Celtics 2012-2013 uh, run in the Champions League to the knockout round. I remember that year that Washington beat a very, very good Barcelona team in the group stage. Um, you know, one, he's English. That does help our homegrown category. He's experienced. Only that, he's a very physically imposing goalkeeper. Kind of a different look than Hugo. Um, he's like, what, six foot six, six foot seven? Six foot seven ish. Yeah, he's monster. He's been a number one before. He's he's gonna cover a lot of space and then like help help us out in the long run with Hugo. And you know we'll miss Hugo's leadership when he's in there, but you know having that experience, he, he can provide that leadership as well. Yeah, I think definitely so. I agree with Sam in, in that we need that leadership, especially at back and knowing that Hugo is the club captain and that Fraser Forster is old enough that he has that leadership leadership capability uh, throughout the pitch, even though, like Larise, he's at the back and in the net. And he's capable, he's a proven keeper. I was just looking up some statistics and he's played from the 2009 2010 season, he's played at least 30 plus games in every season in the Premier League, except for 2015 16, he played 18, and then the past like three years, he's played 20 plus. But he consistently plays games, and so you know that he's he has the wherewithal to understand what teams that we're playing, what uh, and since he's been in the Premier League, he knows the the forwards and the attack that are going to be coming at him when he is in goal. Like really familiar with the competition, which yeah. is important. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and so I think this one was kind of the, the, the no-brainer. Um, and and then, um, then we get into, I, I think, another really savvy move. But before we do that, I want to go to our first question. 
And that comes from Shubes, because I think um, the, the next player we're going to talk about kind of goes to the, the answer for this, uh, this question. Yes. Um, hey, Shubes. So this question was, is, what were your goals of the transfer window? Push the needle signings greater depth. Malort, MJF, for me. Well, he is better than me. Unfortunately, I know it, but that's beside the point. Um, P.S. is Catherine looking forward to having Joey Eels at Pie Mass Shop as Spurs will now play their matches at Lane Orient. See, for me, the biggest thing that we needed to do was we needed to bring in experienced wingbacks because Conte plays a wingback system, and we've been kind of operating with either you know pieces that aren't really in made for that role and pieces that um, maybe just haven't had enough playing time to really step up to the plate or maybe just aren't good enough. Um, so that's why I think our second acquisition was extremely savvy to get somebody with experience that you know has talent that can teach younger uh, players to play the position better. Uh, Lucas? Yeah, uh, that is actually what I was going to say as well because that was my number one expectation of the window. You could say, I, I had a chat with Tommy about this last night, you could have you could say we need a new center back, like we need another high-powered center back. But like it or not, like our defense, our back three is actually you could rate it probably a B plus at the worst if they're all healthy. Davis and Dyer and Romero, that's a good back line that's going to be very sound and sturdy for you. Yes, it could be improved upon. Of course it can. But if we could spend the money on proven good wing backs now, Conti's system relies like it all relies on good wing backs. And the fact is, we have one of four from our last like last squad. One of the four wingbacks is, in theory, good enough to the level that we want to be at. And that's Sessegnon, and he's never healthy. So it might be 0.5 out of four that are actually capable of where we want to be as a club, that level. So we needed to bring in proper wingbacks. And so I'm kind of bummed that we haven't been more aggressive about it. I love, like getting like right off the bat the way we went after him and got him in quick. I love that. On a free, good business. But I, I would love to have seen us be a little bit more aggressive about getting more fullback or excuse me, wingbacks into the system because we also can't be looking to project wingbacks. We don't know how many years Conti's gonna be with us. It might be just this one if we don't get to the level that he expects us to be. So we need guys to come in that can actually win now. Real wingbacks that can succeed right now. And I just Again, you could make the argument, well, Royale has potential. It's like, we don't have three years to wait for him to learn how to cross or three years to learn how to run at somebody. Like, it has to happen now. So I was really hoping we'd be way more aggressive about going after proven wingbacks in but, this window. But certainly, Ivan... And there's still time, but I, I would have loved us to be a little bit more aggressive about it. But certainly, Ivan Perisic... He's, yes, absolutely. He's absolutely yep. ready now. I mean, the question is, how many minutes can he play at his age? But he has been playing lots of minutes, uh, even up through the last season. But he's certainly the, the done deal and ready to go. Uh, uh, Tommy? Yeah, so the deal with Paris, it's like I told my coworker about it because she's Croatian. And she's like, yeah, I love him. He's great. It's like, you're good. I'm like, you know, I think everybody knew that because, like, he was great in 2018 um, when Croatia made that run to the final. Um, he was doing well at Inter and even previously. So... You know, he's a serial winner. He got the pedigree. He's won. He's been there, done that. I think the biggest thing for him, though, I, I think he's probably the de facto left wing back right now. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for Regulon, but I do have hope for uh, Sessegnon. 
I think Sessegnon has been playing well last year, but I mean, he'll get games because of whether it be Champions League, League Cup, or, you know, they'll rotate. Um, but I'm praying to God that he learns from Perisic. Perisic mentors him a little bit, and we'll see how that goes. Because, I mean, what, Perisic has got a two-year contract with us? So, I mean, hopefully he gets, he learns from that, and then we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, in terms of right wing back, I mean, how Lucas and I were talking, like, Royale, I, I mean, he's, what, 21 years old. I He's looked good in April and May, and, you know, a few months ago. But how he said, with, or he was saying with Conte, it's not like Pochettino, AVB, Redknapp, etc. It's not a project or it's kind of like just maintain stability. It's a win right now type thing. And we made some waves with the signings, so that's definitely good, and I think the intent is there. So, um, but I wouldn't, so if we get uh, Spence from Millsboro, I mean, he's, he looked good at Nottingham Forest last year, but I don't know. I mean, things it seems like things have kind of stalled, but I'm like, I, we'll see. I mean, if we can get another right wing back, I think things, I mean, that might seal things for a pretty good transfer window. Yeah, I, wing backs was it for me, and right is, right, right is where we need to be focused now. I was going to say more <coughs> to the point that Tommy was talking about with uh, Perisic having uh, his coworker loving Perisic because he has been around for a long time because similar to Fraser Forster, he's, I don't want to say old because I think I might be older than him, but uh, that said, he has that, uh, that history and he knows what he's doing. He has that Italian mindset of, uh, I don't want to say the slowness, but he is a little bit more methodical. And, but that doesn't mean that he isn't exciting and because he pushes a little bit more forward. He's, he's prone to scoring on, or being available to score on set pieces and corners. And even though he may be past his peak right now, I think that having somebody to uh, be in the position for depth, like what Shubes was asking about with having greater depth, I think that's a great plan because we haven't really had that. And when we do have it, then a lot of times there's the crutch of, we're just gonna go with what we know. But I think that uh, if we have Persic in, then Sessegnon can come in and, and prove what he has. And kind of to Tommy, Tommy's point that I don't necessarily have too much hope for Regulon either, but also I, I've seen Sessegnon in person, and he was exciting, and, and I don't want to say I'm electrifying, because that might be going a little too far, but he, you can see that there's a spark with Sessegnon, and I think if he has that competition, whether it is Perisic or anybody else, I think that that uh, competition across the board on the pitch is so helpful and needed and what we have been wanting for the past few years and with Conti at the helm I think that that will help with this upcoming season. Yeah, and both, uh, both Emerson and Doherty had good stretches of last season. Uh, obviously neither of them started well but after Conte came in um, really converted them to wing backs. Um, Doherty took to that much 
quicker than uh, than Emerson did because he played that position before. And Emerson has certainly took till that last month of the season or so to really step up. But whether they're going to be able to do that role in a, a, a much needed role in a Conte system next year enough, well enough to win, that's the big question. I think we still need uh, to resolve that this window if possible. Um, any other thoughts on Perisic and, and Shoup's question before we go on to the next player? Yeah. yeah, so um, anyway, yeah, I think Perisic is a great addition just because of um, his experience and what he's accomplished in his career. Um, I see him um, within um, maybe like a few days of uh, of the uh, a preseason training, we'll call it Camp Conte, because it's apparently going to be different than anything like our teams have ever experienced before. It's going to be really tough. He's been through it before. I see him like, you know, not only aiding us, but like moving into like more of a leadership role within the squad. Um, one thing that um, I've been wanting to see in this transfer window, but you know, a lot of priority, thank goodness, has been um, bringing in players in, but I want to see players moved out um, whether it be like Giovanni Lo Celso um, Harry Winks has clearly played his last day for the club and Tangi and Dombele needs can't find the door quick enough. We're getting that in the yeah. second half right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah. going to tackle that in the second half but yeah it's a good point to add in here that yeah we're bringing lots of guys in and I think what, probably what what's going on is it's more important to bring guys in first. We always try to clear the money first, and then uh, we, we then we missed then we missed the uh, the player that we were going for because we waited too long. And I think uh, Paradigy has figured out we need to uh, move fast, get Conte what he needs, and we'll we'll find the money later, even if we lose like a half million here and there and some players that we don't get as much for because they know they got us by the balls and we have to sell later in the window. But um, well, and, and but was, you can do that if you if you're bringing in the talent that you need in advance. Speaking of that, though, I think with having this forethought, it helps that the stadium has been in involved in what two season two full seasons now. I think it is, uh, and we've had most of last season having full capacity, and that's I think helped with gate receipts and getting that that money in. So then there's, not that there's a bank of money to sit on, but we at least have that upcoming for this coming season. So then Paranachi and whoever else is, Daniel Levy, whoever else is involved, that they know that we will have money coming from somewhere. Yeah, no, definitely. Quick thought, Lucas? No, I was actually gonna ask, like, if I could transition, because this is the one that I'm excited to talk about. I was going to transition into Basuma. Can I go, go for it? I'm yeah. like, this is the one I think that we're all the most excited about because this is, hey, this is the first guy that we got that wasn't on free. Yeah. This was the first one we actually went out and bought. And again, like Catherine had mentioned, how quick we did it. Like we went out and for what twenty was it twenty five that we yeah. got? Yeah. I mean, that's a this is a high caliber player that we just got for twenty five that has the potential to be a huge, huge impact on our team. This guy has all the attributes of like a Moussa Dembele in the midfield, and he actually can pass in the final third as well, which is extremely exciting. 
if we have guys like Kane, Son, and DeJam up top. So I, I think that it'll be really cool to see him slot in and actually get to play. Not, I don't want to slag off Brighton because, again, they came to White Hart Lane and bossed us around, and he was a massive part of that. But it's going to be interesting to see what he can do when he's playing next to some high, absolute firepower, like level attackers. So I'm really excited about Basuma. I think that's I think most Spurs fans feel like excited about that. And we had this little moment where a lot of fans were justifiably a little bit concerned about um, the the, his, the alleged sexual assault that was still hanging over his head. Um, and I think we it, we should probably bring up that we've had some I don't know if it's good news but some news that that he was cleared on that we knew that he was kind of um, um, more being held as a person of interest um, but they but we didn't really know the details we don't know what he was accused of um, but it sounds like he's been cleared um, as much as that means but but at least it's not hanging over his head and why, why would Spurs bring in somebody with this? And what you just said right there, by the way, is the big thing is Levy, I can't imagine Daniel Levy goes to buy a cup of coffee without knowing like the bank statements of the Starbucks or whoever he's buying it from. There's no way Daniel Levy would go in and do business to get Basuma in here if he hasn't at least done his research to know. We'll never know what the allegations were. And again, that's what they were, allegations. He was never convicted or charged of anything. But we'll never know what the details are, but I guarantee you, Dan, like Daniel Levy knows. And I, I'm willing to bet that he wouldn't bring someone in unless he knew that it was a good investment to bring into his club. I think Sam was first. Yeah, that was kind of my thought first, like when uh, Basuma first came in. Um, you know, I, I obviously knew his talent. He was a highly sought-after player in the um, summer transfer window of 2021, just never moved on. But I mentioned this to Lucas in a text. I like when he first came on. I was like, "Okay, when did Marvin Lewis become first recruitment team?" If you don't know who Marvin Lewis is, um, he was the coach of Cincinnati Bengals for way too long, and seemingly his one of his first um, uh, priorities when recruiting a player was like, "Do they have a felony conviction?" Because that's who he would seem to bring on. Um, but luckily, I think we have a much better team that, you know, ask the player, the agent, the proper questions. And then um, I think because the, the player's value just based on ability is way more than what we probably bought him for. Um, oh, yeah, he should... From what I read, well, he's on the last year of his contract. Would have been. Oh, yeah. And they said, like, he could have easily went for, like, 50, 60 million. Yeah, the same much as Calvin Phillips went to uh, Man City for. Um, yeah. So we got him at... Um, 25. Yeah, 25, a good price. Like, the going rate for his kind of player at his age is much higher. And, um, quite frankly, I think he's much better than a Calvin Phillips as well. As well, I think he. he I like Calvin Phillips too, which is kind of funny you mention him. But yeah, I, um, no, but to I wanted I was actually raising my hand for a quick tidbit, but I'm glad you mentioned the Bengals because I was actually going to mention the Browns because with all Deshaun Watson because I think that was probably the dumbest move I've ever seen in my life. Even though he settled on a bunch of those lawsuits, but that's beside the point. But no, I, I wanted to go back to what Lucas said because I'm like Daniel Levy. I'm like. Either he probably, they talked to either, like, 
I don't, I don't know what it's called in the UK, like the Crown Prosecution or uh, police. Like, is he going to get charged? Is he going to be whatever? If not, we're you know we're not going to touch him. So I think they. I, I don't think they can in England. No, but Levy has had a team of investigators out with. He will, let's just I'll just say that he he did extensive or him or somebody in the club did extensive vetting. That's why this went through. If they if they knew there was even a act of God or Hail Mary's chance of charges even being uh, pressed on him, it would have never happened. Yeah. So I mean, so, go, I should, you know. I should say that I I can sympathize for anybody was having a hard time because that has happened in so many different American teams and in other European league teams where you get somebody who signed on to your team and you're a little wary and or might be angry and livid and so I think that there is something to be said about those people who may have had to relive their sexual assault and uh, even though it ended up like we've all been saying that it, the sumo was cleared, but I think that uh, it probably raised some emotions and feelings for people out there that they didn't want to come across again. But at least now um, we don't. Well, one, we don't know. Like this is all just hearsay. With saying this is what Daniel Levy did, I'm I'm sure that there was probably some research about it, but uh, usually with this type of situation, there would be contingency plans, and so uh, there, people are going to say A, B, C, whatever happened, but at least we're at the conclusion to it, and we're able to, not, fresh start not everyone can rejoice, but at least we can accept him as a player at Tottenham. And we, we can get a little bit more excited what he's about what he's going to offer on the pitch because we don't have that cloud hanging over him, which I, I don't know that the cloud is fair. It's fair that people have, will have those feelings because of the, the story, but um, we don't hold people guilty until right. and proven innocent, um, so I don't know if we Any should hold players. Listening. Yeah, I just want to throw in here, um, I'm not sure how UK labor law works, but at the same time, um, any employer will will run whether before offer or after offer here in Illinois you can only um, do it after offer is a background check um, to check and see like for like any past convictions or anything that may be off that may may affect this employee's job performance I'm sure that um, Levy did Levy Pratschi they did their background checks with him and it all came through, so yeah, no, definitely just want to throw that in there. And we've got the midfielder that we've needed for so long, um, and I do like the Dembele comparisons because I do think he's somebody that can hold the ball well. He can he can pass well. He he can drive the ball through the, the midfield. It's something that we haven't seen out of any of our guys in a while at, at this skill level. Um, so I think this was a brilliant brilliant move player wise for sure. But, um, but we have two more players to talk about before we get to the uh, half here, so I do want to move it along to the, the next one, which is essentially a done deal at this point, and um, this is, I think, our biggest uh, biggest coup of the uh, um, 
of the offseason so far, and this that's uh, Richarlson. So we uh, the rumors were floating around there for a while. Um, there were some other guys that we were looking at. There was some minor interest in Jesus. There was, uh, but I think that was more screwing with Arsenal. Um, there, Rafina was another one that was being talked about, but we landed on Richarlson, which I think he is the guy that has um, the the skill set that we would need most out of those guys because he can cover all three front three positions. Um, but um, but I think we should go to a question that we have from Scott next on, that goes to this player. Hey, Scott. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you're doing well. And hopefully we'll see you soon. Um, so Scott's question is, how many cards will Richarlison get by diving with Spurs? Anthony already had his answer, but he wrote zero. When you go low, we go high. Um, I'll just say my piece right now. Well, firstly, I will not deny Richarlison's talent. Um, you know, he's been proven at Watford and Everton, of course. We finally got a striker. Thank God for that. The downside of that is we're not getting Zlatan in the winter. Life goes on, of course. Hey, don't give me that. <laughs> but, um, I'd rather have Sol Campbell than Zlatan. Well, at least we have... At least we, I'm, I'm glad we have it on the record now. Well, anyways. Um, no, but uh, I'm kind of hoping he curtails this. But, I mean... Regardless, dynamite signing. I I wouldn't be. I'll just say three cards, three all cards. Uh, Lucas. Yeah. So Tommy and I actually had this out this morning because we were talking about this. But uh, my answer is, who cares? Everyone gets so butthurt about the diving thing. It's like, okay, fine. Let's have no guys that dive, and we'll get to put in our trophy cabinet the ethics trophy. Like we played the cleanest game. Who fucking cares? Honestly, the game, it, it's part of the game now. With VAR, most times, if you dive, you get, like, it will get taken back. Very rarely does a clear dive get actually given a pen. So, the diving thing, it doesn't bother me at all. The guy's a fantastic player. He's really good. And like I mentioned earlier, he always seems to bone us when we play him. So, I'm so pumped to not have to play him at Goodison or when he comes to play us. So, I'm so excited to have him. But the diving thing, it's like... It's part of the game now. It's what it is. And if it brings you pens, it brings you pens. And if the rest of the league all makes fun of us because we won the, if we win the, if we win the league and everyone's like, oh, but you did it by diving. You think we'll care? Who gives a shit? Like, we won the league. And literally every team that's yeah, won a trophy every recently. Team, like City doesn't have dudes that dive. And Liverpool doesn't. Yeah, have like Salah dives all the time. Exactly. For example, everyone needs to get off the like panic button about him being a guy that dives. If anything, I'd be more concerned to like, are him and Romero going to get on? Because I would love to see that in training. Like, <laughs> he and Romero are like sworn enemies, apparently, or something. So, but yeah, the diving thing, I just think, is so silly that people care. It's again, like, what, what do you the ethical game trophy? Like, I, I don't want that. Like, give me a guy that goes and gets results, and he's a really fantastic player, and I'm excited to have him. Yeah, Lucas, I'm with you on the um, who cares call. Because really, it's like, you know, if he, get, if he helps you get the three points on a weekend, week out basis, who, who does care? Um, personally, I believe I don't have a number in my head. I just know it's going to be lower than what he did with Everton because um, he plays multiple positions. He's going to play multiple positions within our squad. Um, he's going to rotate, um, basically, because we're now, with his addition, very deep at the, uh, the front three. He can rotate with uh, Kane, he can rotate with Sun, he can rotate with Dayon. Get these guys the days off that they goddamn need. Um, 
And like I said, I don't think I've said this yet, but I think um, like these tough training sessions that um, Conte is going to put the team through, um, I think these are kind of meant partially to break down the individual and bring down the team. By the end of it, Romero and Carlson are at the very least going to figure out how to be in the same room together. So I don't think that's going to be... I don't even think that's going to be an issue to begin with. No. They'll be grand. I think with them, or it's... <clears throat> yeah, they had some choice words to each other, but I mean, it's competition. So, and they're go, they were going against each other. So, like, if we were going against each other, whatever, you know, against in football or soccer or any sport, you know, we we would compete and tr- try to win that match or competition. But if we're on the same tie or same team, we're going to work together to achieve that goal. I think it's a sign of respect, too. If Romero singled you out as someone that pisses him off, then I'm sure you'd be much more excited to have him on his side. Yeah. Very, also, very true. It's probably something that needs to be pointed out that, and I'm sure love was shithousing and had that shithousery aspect to his game, which was pretty much every match he did something that you're like, that's questionable. But we all love that, and we haven't had that since Lamella left. And so why not embrace it with Richarlison? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a place for that in, in a squad. I think the players will work it out. I mean, you know, they, they play each other a, a lot, like, internationally. They play each other. Uh, Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, yeah, Brazil and Argentina, of course. But I, I think they're, they'll work it out. Uh, this is an exciting player to have. And I think we could use him more in more than just um, just as a backup. I I think that he might start a lot. Like I, I could actually see him coming in and maybe like uh, occasionally like uh, Kulishevsky moving to more of like a, a wing back role temporarily in a match. Um, don't say that, please. Don't. I, I could see it happening if uh, to bring on an extra attacker if we need a goal late. I I could definitely see it. Um, uh, Sam. Yeah. Well, just kind of building off this. Quite frankly, in in the Premier League nowadays, you need a dickhead or two to win to win games or win a trophy. And quite, we're getting our dickheads in this window. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are. Um, and let's go on to the, the last player that seems to be coming in, uh, according to all rumors at this point. Um, there's a couple that seem like they're coming in, but we'll get to uh, the, other, the other one in the second half as more of a prospect perspective transfer. Um, but the last one, in, I, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, this name. Is it Langlet? Langley, I think. It's Clement Langley. So Langley. That's what I've missed the most about the podcast. It's Anthony's mispronunciation. So I'm so excited to have that. I'm excited to have that back. But uh, but regardless, uh, I say like I center, center back. Um, there was a lot of negativity about around this one on 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 Twitter. Which I don't quite understand. It's a it's a loan deal. It's a one year. Uh, it's a guy that can back up two different center back positions. Um, he's got some height. Uh, you know, he's he's supposed to be pretty good uh, at passing the ball. Um, maybe questionable on the uh, defense whether he's tough enough. But um, uh, but what do you guys think on this one? 
Yeah, I think the reason that most people have had some kind of indifference to it or have been pessimistic towards it are just because we all want that next high caliber center back. So it, it, it's almost as if like supporters are underwhelmed by the signing. Well, we didn't want a guy that could come in and be a backup. We wanted the next Romero to add to like. So I think that's why, which I still think we can, I think we might actually do in this window is go out and get another high caliber like workhorse of a center back. But this is a guy that on paper, I would still take Ben Davis. So Yeah, but you you love hard. Ben Davis though. Well, no, Ben Davis is a he's a great he, he's been fantastic. He's was probably oh, I don't best, disagree. He's been the best player under Conti. Like when Conti took over, it's been Ben Davis by just putting him in his actual position, which is left sided center back. So I, I think this is a guy that again will be great rotationally and can give guys a break and can slot in because again we're gonna face a lot of injuries, especially with the World Cup. But I think the reason that there's been like a bit of a pessimistic attitude towards it is just because of it. It seems almost underwhelming as to what we all want, which is that next high power guy. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, you know, this could go either ways, but I, um, at the very least, I see him being a very good, very good squad player, someone who could provide coverage. In whether it be like League Cup games or or um, Champions League games at a lesser side when guys need guys need a break, um, um, yeah. And I've read various reports that Conte was the guy who convinced him to come here. So you know, and at this point, we should trust Conte's judgment. I'll give you two reasons right here. One, Dayan Kulishevsky. Two. Rodrigo Betancourt. Yeah. Let's trust. Let's let's trust the judgment right there. It's a guy that he wants, and this was a guy that was 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 picked up by Barcelona, and it's not like they're they're fools. Like I mean, they, they wanted him for a reason, and um, and granted, like he, there's there's people ahead of him, and and they have some financial issues, so they do have there's to clear some space. There's also Giovanni dos Santos, though. So like. It, Oh, I had high, you know, such high hopes for him. Automatic pass because you played for Barcelona, especially as a defender. So I'm like, there's yeah. still a lot that we need to see him do. But again, as a, as a guy that's coming in to be a rotational guy, I think it's a great signing. See, yeah. that's a that's a thing. Like I, I have faith in Prachi and Conte, of course. The only misstep that I would say uh, Prachi has made thus far, I mean, the jury would still be out, of course, is Brian Heal. Um, I still think he's a little uh, Royale. Everson Royal, I think there's still plenty of upside. I th- but also, he bought him for Nuno, not for Conte. So that you can't fully blame him for that. But and, but the point I'm trying to make is he's been on fire for most for at least more than half of the signings that he's made under Spurs. I would say. I just want to jump in on the Brian Hill thing. I don't think it's a dumb signing, even if he never plays for us. He's a young player that that, that has a lot of talent that he's he's playing internationally. He, we could sell him exactly. on and get our money back, or it's just a value no, player. No, I don't. That's, again, I've said like, good business so many times, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's that's a, there, it. Could be a flip. That's still something. Even if we, we need say to we, start doing, if we flip Brian Hill for 15 more mil than we spent him on, we can then use that 15 mil to bring in the next signing or something. So it, it's always good when you're hitting on that. And I think Hill has loads of talent, just not. No, I, I just I just think he's in the wrong league. But I mean, I I think if you stick him out on loan against like Valencia, maybe back to Sevilla or whatever. You can probably recoup that money, but the point I'm trying to make is, if we have Prodigy and Conte, I haven't 
they, they haven't really made a misstep yet. So keep the faith. If it was Pochettino making this signing, I, he's been suspect with a lot of signings. So if it was him, I'd be like, all right, fair enough. Um, the other thing is, I mean, he hasn't featured for, I was looking, he hasn't uh, been in the France squad since last November. But with Barcelona, they're trying to make a splash. And they've been trying to sign players and reload and actually try to win the Liga this year. They've been selling off players and trying to sell off property to actually get this transfer kitty. So I think the other reason why Langley is actually coming to Spurs is to put a to push for the World Cup. And if he's pushing for the World, if he's trying to push up for a position in the World Cup, he or he feels that Conte will actually give him a chance to actually start. I'm not saying he's going to take Ben Davis' spot. But that spot, I would say, is definitely up for grabs. Lucas has given me grief about, or he's questioned my thoughts on Ben Davis. I mean, I, I love the guy. He's done great for us. But if we're going to contend for a title, he's not, I don't think he's that guy that's going to push or that's going to get us to first place. We need reinforcements regardless. Let's let Catherine bring this conversation home. first half conversation lots of exciting players um, the second half we are going to talk about more potential players that could be coming in because we do know that Conte said he wanted uh, seven or eight players uh, we've got five now um, assuming these last two uh, work out completely um, and then we'll also uh, speculate uh, a little bit of uh, um, outgoings as well um, in the second half. But, but first, we are going to go to Catherine Spurs Woman Update.
integral part of the first team and her ACL injury curtailed in the whole season before the attack was first As she can switch between attacking the field and being placed on either the right or left wing to a more forward position, she's a versatile part of this original attack, and that has been the neglected recently, and with Rachel Williams leaving the squad, which I believe all the address but where will we
the dispensary that most of the Spurs fans are expecting. It to be uh, Spurs woman, you know, a great midfielder in Drew Smith. She assigned with Spurs until 2024 with an option to extend for another year. And coming from Chelsea, has a lot of talent and knowledge with winning, winning trophies and progressing throughout the women's Super League. I'm almost done, you guys. I promise. And also, unrelated to transfers, Jessica Naz was shortlisted with the Professional Footballers Association Award at the end of the season. She did not win, but it was Spurs first PFA nomination. And this is, in fact, with uh, this is with the fact that Naz was named the Women's Young Player of the Year at, at the London Football Awards in March 2022. And of course, the news does not stop. Again, I'm nearly there. Uh, in June, early June 20. Uh, 2022, Spurs Women came out with the news that the club will move its home ground from Barnet FC's The Hive Stadium in Northwest London to a more quote-unquote local move for many Spurs fans to late Orient Orient's Christmas growing studio. Although it's not scientific proof or data back research, because I'm saying this as a news to Chesnut and The Hive versus Spurs Women matches, but late Orient's ground is a much more attractive option, not least because it's easier to get to, from a central point in London being Tower Ridge, let's take that as the, the place. It would be normally take about an hour and change to get to the Hive on Saturday afternoon. The same trip for someone to arrive via London public transportation by 2 p.m. on a Saturday would be about 35 to 40 minutes from Tower Ridge. So hopefully we'll move more and more stories forward. We'll be able to make it out as a bit closer to Tottenham. And also keep in mind that as special permits, will play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So keep an eye out on social media for those matches and continue to listen to Four Star Spurs for my Spurs Women updates. And uh, I think finally the last bit of news is that Spurs Women will travel to the U.S. for the first time to prepare for the upcoming 22-23 season. And the team's first ever intercontinental tour, Spurs Women will play in the Women's Cup in New York, Kentucky. There will be more details to come truly on Twitter as well as other official channels, as well as me here at Forza Spurs, who is not official, but I take it from official channels. Um, but there looks to be a good US-wide Spurs crew going through the game, so if I hear more, I will relay that information on. And finally, that is it for me. I'm always around for a resource for any Tottenham events, women's team, whatever, anything regarding Charlotte matches. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, around, or of course, Forza Spurs. That's it for me this time. Thanks for Thanks, Catherine. Uh, on the um, uh, the, uh, the the match that's going to be here in the state for women in Louisville, uh, we actually had a question that popped up. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was the Chicago Spurs or Four Star Spurs, but they were asking if anybody was carpooling down. Uh, have you heard of any uh, trips coming from Chicago? I have not heard of any trips uh, going down from Chicago per se, but I know that there are rumblings of people meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, And, uh, and we can certainly retweet it, so uh, definitely pay attention to Four Star Spurs. And if we hear anything about trips, planning, we'll definitely share it. Um, okay, great. Well, thanks so much, Catherine. 
Uh, so we have a couple more topics. I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on them, uh, but, uh, but we should touch base on them. And the first one is, uh, um, there, it's still likely that, that Conte is going to ask for additional moves here. Uh, he wanted more than five players. I think it was seven to eight he wanted. Uh, so we're certainly going to sign more people. So let's talk a little bit about what we might still do, some of the rumors that were out there. For a while, we were talking about uh, Christian Eriksen. I know he was uh, planning to select uh, where he was going to go, and he had offers from three clubs, including us. Um, but that has kind of cooled, and I've heard rumors that we're n no longer in for him, um, and that they're speculating that he's going to stay at Brentford um, or go to United. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, um, was this a loss? You know, I think it would have made sense for us to go to go out and get him. I think he still loves the club. Um, I just remember Bert, during um, the Brentford match that he played against us. Um, it was away. It was a draw. Um, um, there, before the match, there was a lot of love in the tunnel between um, him and Kane, him and Son, um, Hoybear, um, Hugo. Definitely respects the current squad. And, the players that we um, have and um, still respects the club. I understand why he moved, wanted to move to Inter at the time. He did win Serie A there, but um, I kind of think it may or may not happen. It's kind of 50-50 at this point for me. Yeah, it's, uh, I know you're not kind of keen on him, Tommy. Uh, I'm, well, anymore. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just qualify it like this. Yeah, Bale, Defoe, Kabul, like when they came back, they've looked, they've done better. But those are the probably the only few. Um, Erickson didn't do great at the end of, what, 2019. Um, I, I mean, hindsight, kind of can't blame him because his mind, he was, mind was already gone. He wanted to go on to di try different things. Grass was greener. I mean, he did win Serie A with Inter, fair enough. I think because of what happened to him at the Euros, he might have a different outlook. He might want to come back. Um, he has looked good against Brentford. I mean, he'd probably be that guy that would come off the bench or maybe 60 minutes at the most. I th I don't know. I just, I have very mixed feelings about that just because does Eric, Christian Eriksen have something to provide? Yes. I just don't know if it's going to happen the second time around, even though he has worked well with Antonio Conte at Inter. Um, the other thing is, if we're going to push for trophies or a title, that the other bo the other body might be suited for somebody else that could have more, that can play more consistently. It's not a sign him. I'm just, it's the nature of being a manager for a sports team. You know. Um, I think we still could use some creativity. Oh yeah, uh, but I I, I, I do think that Dan gives us a lot of creativity. Uh, but to have somebody else who could uh, come in and um, when when you have a team that's sitting back and you need to break them down and just find a creative way at a goal, that's something that Erickson can still do. Yeah, um, that, that's where I'm might... valuable and on, a, and on a free. Um, that, that would be a a good player. Yeah, my my only thing is. A, apparently it's between United and us. He's just trying to ex he's just trying to evaluate things. So, I mean, let him figure it out. If he wants to come, I mean, 
that's fine. If not, it's not a big deal. I did see that we did sign a set piece, like, coach. Either yesterday or today, so I'm like, for argument's sake, if Erickson did sign for us, maybe he'll actually beat the first man this time. I'm actually really excited about that set piece coach that we brought in. It, you know, it's, it's somebody who has lots of years of experience, and that's clearly a weakness in our uh, our squad. Um, especially with new players coming in and change things up. Maybe we can actually get good at scoring occasionally on the set piece and, and de- defending one better so other teams don't score on us. And I mean, that's to be way. fair, if if Erickson did come, I'd rather have him take free kick or uh, free kicks than Harry Kane. Because Harry Kane's just, Harry Kane's just not good at it. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Love Harry Kane, but it's... Keeping the box, maybe Eric can whip one in, maybe, and then Harry Kane can uh, head him in. But well, let's move it along. Uh, the next one I think is more likely to happen. The rumors are that it's already in the works, and we're only just a, maybe uh, a few details in the contract away. Uh, so Spence, how do you say his first name? Uh, I think is it's it Jed? Jed. Jed, yeah. Jed, Jed Spence. Kind of like Jedediah, maybe. Oh, okay. So so Jed, Jed Spence, like uh, uh, obviously. He was playing for Forest last year on loan from Middlesbrough. Uh, we've been work- talk- in contract negotiations with them for a while now. Rumor was that Levy took over negotiations so that Paratici could be freed up for these other moves that he's clearly been working on, um, which I think is a smart move when you have a guy that it's going to be, you know, Middlesbrough's going to h- hang in a long time, try and get every penny for their player of his caliber. Uh, because they don't get that many where they're going to get paydays. So uh, I can understand why they would drag it out, but we don't have time to drag it out. So let let Levy focus on that and, and Prodigy do his thing. I think that's smart. Do you, are you guys, do you think this is the wing back that we need? Um, maybe, who knows? He, he may, may be great this year. He may be not. He's very young. Um, the only time I've seen him play was in the uh, championship fi- final playoff with uh, Nottingham Forest. And um, I honestly like what I saw. I saw a very quick player, a um, player who has great technical ability, does a lot of little things right, um, physically imposing as well. Um, of like all the um, right backs or right wing backs on the English team the one I think is the best is Reese James I saw um, some Reese James like qualities in that and I think that would be great I think and like he's only 21 so maybe like him and Cesc could be similar to maybe Rose and Walker were even half as good would be amazing as, as those two were at their peak that, that's a good point. Like, if Sessegnon could get past his injury problems and we got a guy like Spence who could, could uh, they could grow together, um, progress together, um, maybe we could see that type of pairing that, that we could build off of for years, and, and that would be certainly good. That's certainly not what Conte likes to do, though. You know, Conte wants the guys ready for now, um, but... Um, but I also see the value of bringing him in, given we've already spent about $105 million. Um, we had 150 to spend, but we're saving some of that for the, the winter window. Um, we got to sell people to get some more money in. 
So I can see where somebody, a guy that's only going to cost you maybe 18 million might be uh, a good idea rather than spending another like 40 on a, like a proven uh, wing back. I think in this case, it would be advantageous for Spurs to sign Spence if he does come to the contract terms and, and signs everything because even though I'm, even in this podcast, and I know previously I've worked on leadership and, and having not older players, but players who have been proven in the Premier League, I think that having somebody who doesn't really have that history, but wants to push forward, really, would be helpful in that position. Because, like what you guys have been talking about with, with the Rose and Walker combination, they just flew. And I think that in this case, if Spence isn't holding anything back, he will just go at it and have so much vibrancy to his game. And he's 21 years old. Um, well, he was born in August of 2000, so he's nearly 22. Oh, oh dear Lord, I'm clutching my pearls. But um, with being 21, 22 years old, he's the same age as Kulichevsky. And we've all been loving Kulichevsky as well. And so I think that that's something we can lean on and rely on where we've seen young players prove themselves and that could be the case to bring Spence in and he would be uh, thriving at Spurs. Yeah, I was about to just cut in like uh, Kulishowski and uh, Spence play on the same side so that would be an exciting partnership to see in years to come. I'd see if uh, Spence you know, becomes the player he can be, there's going to be a lot of chances created from that side. And he, and he would uh, qualify as homegrown at 22, I believe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that would, that's more of a problem for um, for our uh, Champions League squad. Than well, this is a good problem to have. Uh, but, but, yeah, we, we need to to more English bodies or, or uh, homegrown bodies uh, for that competition. So that, that, that there would be a value there too. Uh, somebody else that we talked about that um, if, for a while there that uh, would also be uh, homegrown eventually, uh, Jack Harrison, um, uh, another Everton player. And uh, also Chicago Fire number one pick from a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, true. And we traded away. True story. Um, but uh, regardless, he uh, uh, young talent. Uh, there was rumors that he was going to be packaged with uh, Richarlson, but I, that looks. But like he plays at Leeds. That one makes sense. Was it? Why would that, they be? That was Anthony Gordon. That was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Anthony Gordon is who I'm, I'm mixing up. My guys, you're right. Jack Harrison was the Chicago Fire guy that plays Leeds. Sorry, I am screwing that up. But. Um, uh, and I didn't have his name on, so yeah. I'm to give the Everton guy, Jack Harrison as well. Um, I think defender is where we need to focus the rest of this conversation, though, before we uh, kind of have an outgoing conversation. Um, and it sound, looks like we're in for like another center back. Uh, I mean, there was the Bastoni rumors at the beginning of the, the window. That seems like he, he doesn't want to leave. Um, they need the money. 
they were trying to force him out, but th- that wasn't necessarily forcing him out into our pocket. Um, I don't know if that's really a feasible move anymore, but it's still kind of floating out there. Um, I've heard us spinning back to Scriniar, who we've talked about in past seasons. Uh, that's another uh, center back talk. Um, but uh, where do you guys think we're going with the center back thing? Do you think uh, we're going to just go with what we have for this season? and uh, Or do you think there's one more big, big move in us? Well, I think a center back's going to come more likely than not. Um, who it's going to be, who knows. Um, I, I've seen the links with Pistoni, um, quite frankly. Yeah, he's a good player. He's 23. He's left-sided. He's what we want. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's Conte's preferred player from what I've read. But when him with him leaving Inter, like I was reading into it, he's 23 years old. He's from just outside of Milan. He's already won the, won the Serie A title there, so he's he's already living his dream. I, I don't think he's ready to move on for that yet. And quite frankly, if I were in his shoes, I'd be questioning that as well. I think he'll play in the Premier League someday. Um, for who, I don't know. When, I don't know. Probably like when he's in his later 20s. Um, but... Um, really, the focus, I think, should be on uh, Gleison Bremer, just because the competition seems to be heating up. He's coming at a very good rate for a defender, and by all means, he fits Conte's wants and needs. Um, I think that's where we should go. That makes sense to me. Uh, um, and that it does seem to be where the conversation... There was uh, Torres for a while, Paul Torres. I think but, uh, that was the thing with Torres. I mean... Because last year, he, w- it sounded like he would have came if we were in Champions League, but not now. Um, apparently, the rumor was maybe we can do like a swap in cash with uh, Lo Celso, because do- he was doing well um, at VRL when he was on loan uh, last season. I just, I think the fact that we got Basuma is we're off, we're not getting uh, Pau Torres. But I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if we're going for another center back. I mean, in terms of attack, I think we're pretty much set. Um, I would. I mean, if we can get Spence. I would gladly take him. Um, I was. I think the biggest issue with that is who goes, Royale or Dory. We would. We could use Dory just because he's homegrown. And he has looked good before he got injured. And he can play both ways. Yeah. And well, and Emerson Royal, I think he still has plenty of upside. I mean, he was signed more for uh, Nuno. So it kind of took him a while to actually get into the swing of actually being a right wing back. And then in April and May, he's looked pretty decent. So I think, but how I said before, the issue is with Conte, it's we got to win right now. So I think, for argument's sake, if we got Spence, keep Doherty, but then loan out Royale, and then let's get him, or. I would. I don't know if I would send him back to Spain. Maybe Italy, just where they're more a little more defensive and more uh, more pressing in terms of physicality, because that's what it would be needed in uh, you know the Premier League. But and the other issue is with our attack. Like goals can dry up a lot. I mean, not even just Spurs players, but like goals can dry up. People go on dry spells, but. As they always say, defense wins championships. So, 
if we can stick, if we can get another top tier center back, pair it with Dyer and uh, what's his name, Romero. I don't know, maybe Langley might be the guy. We don't know. But, you know, I, 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 w I wouldn't be surprised right now if we just kept, if we, didn't, if we didn't buy anybody else, I wouldn't be surprised. I think we're okay for right now. I don't know, I don't know if we can compete for a title, maybe, maybe a trophy, like an FA Cup or a League Cup, at the very least. Yeah, Sanchez stepped up to the plate at the end of last season when <laughs> Romero got hurt. So he, we haven't moved him on. He is a guy that also can play center back. So we do have some options. I, my, the issue with Sanchez is I don't know if he wants to be sitting on the bench. Granted, he plays for Colombia. He is going. He's more than likely going to Qatar, so his spot is safe with that. But I don't. But in terms of his club career, I don't know if that's what he wants because he's what 24, 25. I'm like, if you're 24, 25, and you were paid, or they paid what 40 plus million for for you, you know you have enough talent. Like, my my, he might want to spread his wings elsewhere. I just don't know if we can give up any uh, any players right now. Like, we need depth. Like until we buy more, like we need to, we need to buy more than we let go. We certainly are going to have right. to sell a couple players, but I I think everybody that could potentially sell like and let's go through that list. This is a good transition into it. So we have like uh, Carter Vickers. He's he we certainly could sell him, but he's home homegrown. Here he went to Celtic. So. Oh, did he? Sold it for six million like a few weeks ago. Yeah, he was already on loan there, and um, yeah, it was a good move for him. Like he played a lot, performed well. I remember watching. I watch um, the uh, the old firm, the rivalry they have with Rangers. He played admirably in that game, and if he's playing admirably in the um, Scottish, probably Premier. yeah, most well, in particular in the most probably violent rivalry in uh, British football. He's doing well. I actually had him listed as my outgoing. Him and Galini, of course. Um, um, but I misread my notes. Um, the probable outgoing is what I want more. Yeah, so Stevie B, obviously he wants to leave. We've been trying to work out a negotiation with Ajax. I think we offered him to Everton as more of a kind of Excuse to um, uh, to get the price up for him. What do you think, Tommy? I talked to my friend about that. He lives in Amsterdam. Huge Ajax fan. I gave him grief about the loss. He was actually at the second leg. So he, he, he's like a year or two older than me, so he's been a childhood Ajax fan. He doesn't like him because he played for PSV. Fair enough. But aside from that... Apparently, the going rate is, or the rumor is $25 million. Past few years, Ajax has opened up their transfer kitty because that's how they got Daly Blind back. That's how they got Tadic from Southampton, etc. Um, because they want to compete in Europe. The issue is his wages, my friend told me. So, I don't know what he's getting right now, but he's probably around 100000 I don't know if Ajax is willing to break the bank or the wage structure to give them maybe 110 or actually it'll probably be like what 120 euro or 120,000 euros a week so that I think that's the biggest point like the, the rumor at the time was he would go to Everton or him or Lucas go to Everton with a swap 
you know, I mean, I know he wants to spread his wings. I just, I don't know. Oh yeah, no, he'll be a he'll be a de facto starter. And that'll be great because we'll have him off our books. It'll be transferred out, and we can focus on yeah on our club, and we'll always have the memories of us. I'm just I'll, I'll just conclude my thoughts. I I don't think Ajax is likely based off of what my friend told me. So I think just the way Bergvine plays, he might be better off just going to Spain or Italy. I think he'll thrive there. Yeah, I just want to throw in there, like, if he... It, I kind of feel bad because, you know, his preferred position is on the left wing, particularly um, as an attacker. Um, that's also Sun's preferred position, and he's one of the best in the world. It, he would start at that position for, I think, feel just about any club on the planet. So... Um, yeah, I feel bad, but he deserves more playing time. And like Catherine said, um, he's going to go down for some memorable goals. Like his first against uh, City with the club was amazing. Um, I'm looking back at this season, like the lesser match. That was, without that goal, we don't qualify for the Champions League. So... There's a lot of those conditional ones, though. Yeah, well, the, yeah, but, yeah, but that one was that was a that was a big one. Yeah, well, I mean that one, it, Kane's winner at at City, but I kind I really look at that one as like time was expiring, so it's. Really, oh yeah, that was literally like the last shot. Yeah, yeah. it's the last shot. If, if that doesn't happen, it's if that like like five seconds doesn't happen, we're not in the Champions League, so. Yeah. So, um, I, th- I think there's a lot of other guys that there's the rumors floating out there. The Tangangas of the world have been, there's been interest. We can't really get rid of him because he's homegrown. He's who I was thinking of when I was screaming Carter Ricker's name for no reason. But I think I'm fading fast here, so we should probably start to wrap up this conversation. Um, but I do think we need to have a bit of a conversation about Winks. Uh, so the, the problem we have with Winks is, is he certainly wants to go. We certainly don't need him at this point. Um, but we do need to keep our homegrown quota up. And unless we bring somebody else in this window who is homegrown, I don't see us moving him on. Um, but he certainly wants to go and there's teams that are interested. And there's value because he's uh, because he has homegrown status. Um, more than he's probably worth, uh, we can get for him. Um, what about Winks? Um, yeah, I do think his career as a Tottenham player is over. I think his leaving is based on a couple things. It was one, um, Everton getting um, the Recallson deal over the line. Um, coincidentally to us, uh, right before financial fair play restrictions, uh, came into play they'd be under a penalty um, the other thing is the incoming of a homegrown player which in this case is going to be um, Jet Spence um, we've always, already talked about as an incoming so um, he's going to be homegrown I think um, quite frankly he's 
he deserves uh, more regular playing time. He's not going to get that with uh, Basuma coming in. So, um, I mean, it's it's good for him, but let's face it. This is a guy who's going to go to his grave talking about the day he bossed Luka Modric and Tony Cruz in the Champions League for us. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was like the last po- one of the last positive memories, though. Exactly. It's doesn't doesn't have to be the last one. He did that against. Uh, oh no, he should be proud of that. It's just, it's. I mean, unfortunately, with sports, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done a lot. I mean, he had one good, really strong performance yeah. this year. I'm, I'm I'm struggling even to think it was, but, against, but it was like a lower. T- uh, it t- may have been the conference league. Was it the conference league? Yeah, that's that's not a good sign though. That your no, that was yeah. your best performance. Exactly. So, uh, I want to say that there was like a lower table team than he like. And if it was against like I don't know, didn't we play Stevenage or somebody in the FA Cup? I don't know some third tier, whatever. But regardless, yeah. Yeah, no, but like I'll just say this: how you brought Spence. If we sign him, you know, it's a wash. And we sign him, we sell wings. That's a wash. We're fine. I'm kind of hoping that happens. Just I mean, I I'm, I'm yeah I might not like certain players. But I don't want players to rot here. I'd rather let them just, like, you know, we sell them on and let them continue with their careers because, of course, shelf life of a of any player, like, you'd be lucky. A lot of players are lucky to play until they're 35. You know, so, I mean, let him make his money and let him play. He, depending on how things go, I mean, he, he, I think he could easily play for a mid-table team. Like whether it be Southampton, Aston Villa, etc., or you know, so let, let, let the high whoever the highest bidder is sell to them, and hopefully Wings agrees. I agree, and especially if we bring if we do bring in Spence, it gives us the excuse to at that point. Um, but then we certainly have to hold on to the Tangangos of the world because we can't give up that slot, and he's never going to play. And that's a guy that probably wants to go someplace where he can get some minutes. Um, it really becomes a problem. It's really a problem of the rules that, that makes it very... Well, the rules are made to... I mean, I get why the rules are made. Because you because I remember before, in the 90s in La Liga, you could only have three foreigners play on the field at the same time for one team. So, like, during the Barcelona years with Johan Cruyff, like, he had Romario, Stoichkov, and some other player. Everybody else had to be Spanish. So, like, the idea is to promote... English players and have them do get trained well, do well, and then perform well, you know, for their career. So it's just. But it stifles people, is what it does. It does. I mean, in terms of holding people to never play, not everybody. I know. Like a Milner, who's going to yeah, uh, and like have a value, but sit, sit there mostly to be your uh, be homegrown in a squad that's better than him. Uh, but. Uh, but that's probably a conversation for another day. Uh, we certainly have to sell uh, LaCelso. We're, uh, there's value there for him. I think we're probably stuck with loaning and Dombele out someplace again. I've heard some rumors about teams. Yeah, I heard rumors of uh, Galatasaray. Like, it, I mean, I know like you know the big three of the Super League uh, in Turkey is you know Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, and uh, Besiktas. But I'm like, so, but if we're selling to them, we might get only 20 million for him just because of the status of the Turkish league. So, because we want to win now, if we want to win now with Conte, I don't, 
Parley doesn't isn't sure if it's going to be an outright sell. It might, I think it might be just a loan. I think it could be a loan again. And, and then, you know, just showcase it. Maybe he does well. And then, you know, maybe like an Italian or some other top five league team will buy him and for like $30 million. And then we'll just be like, whatever, fine. We'll cut our losses. Yeah. I think that's probably likely. Um, any uh, final thoughts on outgoing in general? I just want to say this. I think uh, we need to let Tangy and Domblade go uh, no matter what the cost. I think the cost is going to be pretty high. It's it's a loss. But because um, he just just the, the effort isn't there. And I'm not sure, quite sure how much he likes <coughs> the game enough to really put in the work. So I just his walking off against Morkham was just enough to say done. And like I think that well aside from the transfer fee, the biggest issue is his salary. Does he want to take a decrease in salary? Because right now it's like he's like the second highest uh earner per week. He's like around two hundred thousand a week. It, and he's like what, twenty four years old? I'm like yeah, if he stays here, yeah, he's going to rot, but he's making all that money. And I, a lot of players, you know, look for the future. But So I'm like... You don't put him in the, the squad. Here. Yeah, so like, I mean, unfortunately, if he doesn't bite and he's like, I'll go to Galatasaray or whatever on loan, maybe, you know, I think the biggest sell, selling point for him is like, we'll take, we'll send you out on loan. Maybe you can get a spot in the World Cup for France. You know, we'll see how it goes, but at least you'll get your... Uh, Get some playing time, and we'll sell you. Let's and let's see how that goes. I, I don't know, but if but if he doesn't bite on that, we have to we gotta banish him. We gotta we gotta have him practice on his own. Like I like I don't know. If, I heard Lascelles is a pretty bad seed. He's got a bad attitude. I don't know about Ndombele, but like the le- alleged laziness attitude. I'm like we can't have that rub off even on the youth or under 23s. Like he like if that's the case, or like if he doesn't move. He's got to play. He's got to pre- train on his own. Cause, cause, like he already is training on. Cause, like we're, cause, cause uh, we're ready to. Or in terms of the squad, we're ready to compete for at least. Tro- I don't know about a title, but at least for trophies. So we can't. We can't have that bad apple, bad banana ruin the rest of the the fruit bowl or whatever you call it. Yeah, they, I saw. I saw a video on Twitter of Ndombele training on his own and. Of course, looking amazing, like you dribble on the ball. They always do. Cones and like uh, past like the bullshit defender that's there to to, to showcase them. And I'm just like, no, we're not going to do it again. We can't. We're not going to be convinced this time that that you just don't have it. Like it's you have the talent, you just don't have the, uh, the application, heart, the heart. There's something that's just missing that. You just don't want it enough. I, I think that's what it is. But um, but yeah, I agree. He's got to be banished, loaned. Um, if we can't sell him on, we, we can't have him hanging around for sure. Um, anybody else who you think we could be surprised to see go? We mentioned Sanchez. Um, I think I could see why we he would want to go, but I don't know if we g- give him up. Joe Roden is probably a possibility. Well, since he's not here right now, um, the other guy who shares the name, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lucas go. I'll be sad if he goes, but um, 
he's a player that does have value. Um, uh, he loves playing for Tottenham, but um, I think he's a professional and would understand that if it were um, if the club wanted to move him on for the better, he he would do so. And if he were to go to his preferred destination, I think if we move Stevie B on, uh, that we keep we keep Lucas, uh, even though he. Lucas knows he's not going to get the playing time with Rich Richarlison there, but uh, what do you think, Tommy? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Lucas left either because he's, what, 28, 29. He can still play. He has a lot to offer. But he also has a lot to offer for Spurs. He gives his all all the time. Granted, he doesn't – he's not the greatest passer. He always looks down. But he always draws and creates fouls for him. So if he comes off the bench, you know, in the seventy-plus minute, and we're playing against a team that we're that they're like defending like crazy, parking the bus, and we run them ragged, they're gonna be gas. He'll run past them, and he might either he might score or he'll he always draws fouls. So that is one asset that we that is very or that it's a bonus to have, especially if we got a new and, guy. Yeah, and 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 the other thing with Lucas though is. It sounds like he's very settled in London and he enjoys life here. So, at this point in his career, he might actually be okay with being a uh, backup or, or, you know, getting scrub time in Champions League, League Cup, FA Cup, etc. You know, he might get 25 appearances this this season if he stays, but it'll probably probably be like maybe 10, 15 in the Premier League and then the rest elsewhere just because... The, the other issue is we're building depth. So, the, and because of that, I think a lot of players need to rec. Unfortunately, you know, you can only have 11 players on the field. A lot of them have to recognize, like, either A, you got to fight for your spot, B, you got to realize you, do, you still have a role in the squad. Unfortunately, you're not going to feature as much. It, unfortunately, I mean, it, it's sports, so it's, it's the way how it goes. Or it's the way it goes. Well, it. it and there's still we do have the five subs that that, um, that do increase the likelihood of somebody like Lucas being able to come off the bench more often. Um, so I could see the the value. We need guys like that in the squad. We need squad depth. Um, we need like uh, if we had two attacking injuries, it would be nice to still have a Lucas hanging around just in case. Uh, uh, Somebody that can play a few matches here and there, still sub off the bench. Actually, more you more just brought up some jog my memory. We haven't mentioned Jack Clark. He counts as homegrown, but he's kind of been rotting. He was at Sunderland, but I'm like, he's gonna loan ourselves. I, I know, but I, I'm not. I, I would, <clears throat> I would pretty much bet on that. But I'm like, that also screws with the quota as well. Yeah. So it's like. This is, a, I mean, unfortunately, we're, we're reaping the benefits of Pochettino not buying any players. So, like, unfortunately, Pochett, or Prodigy has to cl- clean up this mess. So, this is kind of one of those things you have to deal with, unfortunately. I think either way, whether it's Bergwijn or Lo and Dombele, Wings, Jack Clark, Lucas, whoever it is, this, and I hate to say it because we are supporters and fans of football and Tottenham Hotspur, but it's a business and we need to realize that this happens regardless of if 
they've been at Spurs and are quote unquote a legend because of Champions League uh, final hat trick or, or uh, semi final hat trick, or if they only have one goal to their name and otherwise they've been complete shit for us, they need to move on. And I think that with outgoings and incomings, we just have to accept what's going to happen and we know that we're trusting in the people who are making this, these decisions because they want the best for the club, whether it is for business decisions on the club or on-pitch decisions about the club. So either way, we're going to see incomings, outgoings, people who we love to see on the pitch, players who we don't necessarily enjoy or want to see at a club for a long time, but it's going to happen. We don't need to have a conniption fit about things like this, and uh, we move on. Yep, no, and that might be a good place to, to wrap up the conversation. Um, any final thoughts before we go? I think uh, Catherine may have said it for all of us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we do have to just move, move on. We've got a lot of things to be excited about with incomings. We, uh, we have some players that, that do need to move on. Some that we might hold longer than we need to. Uh, but but I, th- I think it's going to have to happen just to, to meet quotas, uh, have the depth in, in bodies that you need to be able to play in multiple competitions which, and, and grind it out. And have that worrisome World Cup in the middle of the season that's gonna, that's going to throw everything for a loop. So it's good to have the the bodies in depth, but we probably need some extra money coming from sales. So we'll see how this wraps up, and we probably certainly will have a, another midsummer episode at some point. Uh, talk about the rest of tr- the transfers that might happen. Who, who goes out and start to talk about pre- preparing for the city or for the season? Not the city, the season. Um, uh, but that about wraps it up. So thank you so mu- much to uh, Lucas, Tommy, Catherine, and Sam. Uh, thanks to Tommy for editing and sound today. Charlie for music. Sam for social media. Lucas for Luke's. Oh, I'm sorry, Catherine for Spurs Women update. Kimberly for the logo. And as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. We're recording here today. It's been great to be back in person. Good conversation today. Uh, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>